Hi everyone, my name is Charlotte and I'm one of the founders of Equalture. Equalture is a pre-selection technology to help you hiring the best candidate for the job. And in this series of podcasts, we are going to discuss interesting topics in the field of recruitment innovations. Uh, so in today's episode, we are going to uh, discuss three different topics when it comes to data and technology. Uh, we're going to talk about how technology and data can help you attracting the right candidates. Uh, how can you use the right channels? How can you create awareness of your brand, of your company? Uh, we are going to talk about how data can help you creating the first impression when it comes to evaluating candidates. Uh, can it even help you to create a first filter of selection? And last, we are going to discuss where data and technology for now stops in the process. So where will it be needed for a recruiter to step in? My guest for today is Stan. Stan is a contributor writer for Chat Talent, an online platform where all relevant HR topics come together. And he's also head of UK and business development at Funk. So welcome, Stan. It's great to have you. Thanks for having me. Before we start talking about recruitment and data, can you quickly introduce yourself and Funk? Right, so uh, I've been in uh, talent acquisition and HR for a bit over 12 years. And uh, Vonk is an organization, basically a B2C marketing agency, except that the C in our case doesn't stand for consumers, but candidates. We make candidates fall in love with employer brands and apply for jobs. Okay, cool. Uh, so Sam, I'd like to start our discussion with an interesting quote I find in one of your LinkedIn posts a few weeks ago. And you stated that HR leaders have no personality. They're just like robots. Can you explain that to me? Yeah, that was just a bit of a joke. Um, HR professionals have to juggle so many different disciplines, you know, when it comes from talent acquisition to learning and development, benefits, employee communications, employee value proposition, outplacement, legal, and so on and so on. So I basically thought that a human couldn't possibly do all these things. Uh, and I kind of went to reference to the digital transformation that is uh, happening in the HR space right now as well, hence uh, the robots. So the job is basically too tough, too much for a human being. So technology should help you. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, that's what I tried to say in that in that post. Okay, cool. All right, so let's start start talking about attracting talent. Uh, can you explain to me how you think technology can beat human beings when it comes to attracting talent uh, and analyzing which are the right channels to do so? Yeah, in, in, in the digital age we're living in right now, we are constantly... Um, you know, leaving bits and pieces of data behind about ourselves, you know, where we are, what we like, um, how we make decisions. And well, needless to say, this data can be leveraged to um, make uh, candidates um, behave a certain way, um, meaning that you can use that data to find out what candidates like um, and uh, attract them to your employer brand or um, nurture them through what you would call a uh, talent acquisition funnel through content about what it's like to work at a company. And then finally, if you see, um, based on uh, clicks, impressions, and, and that, that, that sort of data, that people are, um, how we would say, higher ready, that's what you can confront them with jobs. And 
um, in the in the earlier days, you know, before the internet, before technology, uh, all of this would be a very manual process. So it would take a lot of time. Uh, a, a recruiter could couldn't possibly you know reach out to more than maybe a hundred, uh, two hundred people if they were on speed, uh, you know, mm-hmm. at any time of day. And you know, algorithms can reach millions of people at the same time. So so that's how uh, technology is making a big impact in talent acquisition right now. What I often experience is that people, when they start thinking about technology and how that can help you attracting talent, uh, almost everyone's talking about how to promote your jobs and which channels should you do that, how, when, uh, which jobs. So it's it's for many people, it's really focused on, on job promoting um, and maybe not so much about promoting your company, showing your culture, showing why a person should fit your brand, yes or no. Do you think that there's a win in that category? Uh, yeah, a- absolutely. So the entire talent acquisition industry is very short-term focused. Yeah. It's all about the now. There's a need. There's a pain. It's extinguishing fires. It's it's it's, it's applying now. If you look at the key call to action that that is advertised, is it's it's applying now. Now think of this: we are living in a market where most talent is actually working. It's a really scarce labor market. So that means that even contractually, if I would want to. I probably couldn't, you know, switch jobs right now. Mm-hmm. So it makes no sense to focus so much money and effort just on that part of the funnel. Basically, the, the final decision for a candidate to make, trying to commit to uh, join a company. Um, and yes, I think there is a enormous um, opportunity uh, to win candidates' hearts and build so-called talent pipelines to secure your uh, future hiring need by investing more in what we marketeers call top of the funnel activities, uh, generating awareness for your employer brand and um, engagement with candidates that doesn't necessarily have to be anything job related, but much more in their narrative and in their levels of interest. So we should actually start using data in the first step, creating, creating some sort of a brand, creating awareness and you think that many people make the mistake that they applied in step three, for instance. So when there's a job opening, we get panicked and we, we are searching for people and we can't find them. And that's the moment where people think you need technology, but actually you need it two steps before that. Uh, yeah. Um, to, to touch on the first, your first point that you made uh, about going too fast, um, I, I like to call the art of making love, you know, mm-hmm. talent acquisition. Um, basically, you want to walk up into a bar, walk up to the first person you see and ask him to go home with you, right? Or ask him for your digits. <laughs> I mean, some people would, but usually those are the people that you know, end up in a really strong relationship. If you want to build a qualitative relationship, you gotta at least make some eye contact first, right? And then after you make some eye contact, you maybe go over, you have a conversation, you know? If, if, <laughs> if you're having trouble making eye contact, you might have to do a little bit, bit more of a dance uh, than you have to do when when you're when you're a big brand. So to bring it back to talent acquisition, if you're a really big brand, then you can already start, you know, advertising projects you're working on, um, the vision that you have. That's pretty much the conversation in the bar. And the way that you can use technology then is you can measure how people are interacting with that type of content. So in the bar, back to the bar, if you're speaking to someone and you're boring them, they will roll their eyes or look for their friends or look at their watch and you'll see that you have to switch the subject or you'll lose them, right? When it comes to talent acquisition and online marketing, 
you can see that if people finish your video, you can see if they clicked on your banners, if they watched your, your, your pictures, if they clicked through on your website. That means the conversation is going pretty well. And you can you know, strategically wait until you confront them with, with the final um, decision. But to be, to be fair, if you, really, if you really do this well, then you might not even have to advertise jobs that much because people will come to you already. Mm-hmm. You know, they, or they, they will be more keen to interact with your sourcing teams when they reach out to them because they've seen some cool stuff that resonated with them beforehand. And, and, and the whole, the whole short term thing yeah, could be uh, flipped upside down, basically. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So back to the bar metaphor. You've explained how to walk in the bar, make the eye contact, uh, order a beer or maybe a glass of wine for someone. Right. That's the stage which we can call attract, attracting talent. So yeah. making aware of the fact that you are there, uh, shaking hands, not being too too overreactive. That's the stage attracting. The next step is maybe you want to have dance or sit together, have a conversation. I think when translating that into recruitment, that's the part where you need to make sure that people are going to work for you. Yeah, the matching, right? The yeah. matching part. Yeah, how absolutely. to make sure that you not only attract the right people, but also use data to make sure people come into your company and actually like working for you uh, and have the right picture of the company and the, and the job once they start working for you. Yeah, yeah. So what's next? Trusting on a resume, trusting on your gut feelings, how to deal with that that next step? Uh, neither, neither. I mean, resumes are dead. Resumes are, were, were dead a long time ago. You know? I'm what, a big what, fan what, of that sentence. What, what does a piece of paper really mean these days, right? You can put anything on it. It's, 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 it's nonsense. You can't really analyze anything from it. Uh, if I'm hiring a software engineer, I don't care how well that person writes their resume. I want to know if this person can code. So assessment tools are on the rise, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, those came in first because that was the easiest Um, challenge to tackle can mm-hmm. someone code can someone write you know th- th- that was something you could assess with tools like you know like a hacker rank like a codility yep. um, but then comes the emotional part and, and that's that's a bit harder and uh, funnily enough it's one of these things that people always said technology would never be able to uh, replace you know mm-hmm. that, that human feeling uh, but we're seeing a huge investments and rise in, in really interesting companies like a, like a um, like a Pymetrics or other cognitive uh, tests Um, technologies that allow you to, to to kind of map out what someone's um, motives and behaviors are and, and that sort of stuff. And, and, and I, I'm a firm believer that that will lead to better matching um, in the future. Uh, although I also think that you can't rely on the data only. I, I, I think it's a symbiosis mm-hmm. between tech and touch. Yeah. So you, you can rely on data to filter. I think that's a really, uh, and technology, I think that's a really strong um, uh, aspect of tech and uh, to guide you, right? To, to, to give you insights about a person that you m- might have missed and you would like, like to explore some more. But in the end, for now still, uh, it's very much a human endeavor to make that final match and make that final decision. Mm-hmm. So data is basically there to create the, the right first impression for you. After you've gained that impression, you you uh, you can't get biased by by someone's name or age or gender, but you're just focused on on personality, on skills, on potential. That's the part where data can help you. And yeah, after yeah. that, you move on to to the human touch in the process. Well. Uh- Depend, depends on, on the specific process for the specific role, mm-hmm. where, where you put the technology in and whether, whether it's a good idea to, to filter at first or, or, or later in the process because people might drop off if you ask too much of them uh, too, too soon. Um, 
bias, I, you know, I, it, it's obviously your bread and butter, right? So for me, bias is a really interesting topic because anytime you program an algorithm to be non-biased, you basically still programmed it mm-hmm. with some kind of bias, right? So, so it's really hard to say whether you can um, fully take that out j- just by using data. But what I do think that data can help you do is make well-informed decisions. Mm-hmm. I think I think it can help guide you. Yep. And uh, and yeah, you know, definitely when when you take away uh, uh, gender information, when you take away uh, names and, and pictures and sort sort of stuff, obviously bias already disappears. But but um, but then you can still look at other. Um, behavioral and uh, and uh, skills uh, assessments that will help you um, have a better uh, recruitment uh, or assessment conversation, matching conversation with someone. Mm-hmm. Okay, so basically we've now discussed how to, to make people aware of your company, how to attract them, and how to create that right first impression. That's all we can do with data for now. I think there will be more in the future. I think people might be scared of the fact that we can do more in the future. We started a conversation with the quote that you stated that HR professionals are just like robots. But what do you think? Will 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 recruiter be a robot in maybe 15 or 20 years? Or where will data and technology stop helping you in the process? Um, well, in 15 to 20 years, it'll probably be cyborgs. <laughs> we kind of are cyborgs already, right? It's just mm-hmm. that the tech isn't assimilated with us yet but you hear elon musk with his brain machine interfaces wants to connect our minds to the cloud i don't know how fast all of that will go there's there's one thing i know for sure you know artificial intelligence or or other intelligence however you want to call it won't um replace recruiters anytime soon but recruiters using artificial intelligence to support them in their efforts Mm -hmm. will replace recruiters that don't Way sooner than, 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 than 15 or 20 years. That, that, that's happening right now. It's happening right now. So we should accept the help of technology, the help of artificial intelligence, although people might be scared of it. Absolutely. You know, uh, it creates a massive competitive advantage. If you, if you do, you know, uh, all the core KPIs are touched. You get better quality. You, you hire qu- more quickly. Uh, your costs go down. Uh, there, there's really no reason not to explore. It's, it's just, yeah, as you said, it can be uh, quite scary if you were used to doing things in traditional ways. But, hey, if, if, you don't, if you don't step out and take a risk and try it, uh, your competitors will catch up with you. And it's a scarce market. Uh, so, yeah, eventually it'll be your job. <laughs> That'll be on the line. So I would definitely implore anyone who's in talent acquisition to, uh, to, to get into the tech uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, and approach it strategically. And don't be afraid of the fact that it will replace your job. It will just help you. But for now. For now. <laughs> yeah. Maybe in 15 years it will be who different, knows, but for knows. now it's just to help we, you we out. We might all be robots <laughs> by then. <laughs> okay, thanks. Thanks so much for being here, Stan. That was it for today. My pleasure. Thanks. In the next episode, my guest will be Wendy van Eerschot. Uh, she is Europe's leading HR tech investor. She's founder of an HR consultancy firm to support skill-ups in their HR process. And she's the number one expert when it comes to HR technology. Thanks so much for listening. And please tell us whether you like this podcast. And in case you have any questions from your stand, please feel free to contact us. Uh, go to vong.com or equal.com or just uh, comment below this podcast. Mm-hmm.